Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson, and we did it. We made it. Training camp (laughs) is here, Logan. uh, We were both out there this morning. Uh, I feel still sunbaked. I'm still in my, my, everyone asks me every year. Man, how do you how you out there in a hoodie? How you out there in long sleeves? And I'm like, because I am not getting sunburned. I do not want leather skin by Friday. Uh, and so I'm still in my UV protection hoodie as we record this podcast. That's how fresh we are off the practice field, Logan. We'll do our big training camp preview today as well, even though technically it's underway. But let's start off first practice. Uh, you've been you've been watching it back on tape as yeah. well. What uh what stands out for you? Because for me, I'll just say big picture. It felt very uneven today. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a classic first day of practice. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there was some really good stuff. Like I thought Montez Sweat in the fr- like. I mean, I don't. They just practice a ton. They got a ton of reps, and we were just talking about that before we started. In the first two minute period, I thought Montez did an excellent job, just winning his rushes and looking good. FA flashed. John had a nice win, you know. But it's you can tell the offensive line is kind of shaking off some of that summertime rust and kind of coming along. So you know, it's the first day. There was a couple. Uh, you know, kind of open guys in the way that there weren't open guys during OTAs and minicamp, which, you know, again, it's kind of an, it's early. It's the first practice back. So guys are like, oh, is that my, I got, oh, I got to match that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And then um, there was a couple interceptions, kind of weird interceptions and weird completions today. Like yep. there was a, there was one that I remember where Cole bats the ball. Like he tries to catch the ball, but isn't like yep, kind bats of it up and Casimir Allen gets it. And Casimir Allen gets it. And then a couple plays later, there's a, a tip ball off of like kind of a weird one going on an out route and it bounces right to the defender in a two minute period. So kind of a, a weird, a weird day, you know, I think guys look, look physically good. You know what I mean? I think that's important. Um, and, uh, and so I think overall first day, you know, like it's the first day, there's a reason it's not open to, it's not open to fans, I think, you know, cause like you're kind of working through some stuff and logistically working it all out. But I think, um, Overall, first day's in the books, and it was hot. A lot of adversity for those guys, and I think they uh, they handled it pretty darn good. So, Yeah, I could not believe how hot it was for 9 o'clock in the morning. That was gross. Um, well, it dude, just kept, it's going to be hot tomorrow. So. Yeah, I know. I was standing at one point during the team period. It was me, Kime, and Chick Hernandez were uh, kind of in the back of the end zone. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was like, I'm not going to complain about the heat. Like, it is what it is. We're all out here but I really want to. And then like, as I'm, as I'm biting my tongue, chick is like, Hey, you guys know it's hot out here. (laughs) I can't imagine being out there in in the shells. And I I mean, running around, I'm sure feels good, but you know, having a 
big old helmet on your head. Uh, certainly, certainly not super fun in the heat. Um, let's go through a couple, couple of, of key points. One health wise today, overall, a very good day. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody leaves right. the practice field. Love that. Still some guys working back. Jamin Davis, um, it, I think is going to take like a couple days probably to be fully running with the ones and, and getting up to speed after he didn't have any reps in the spring. Right. I did think that was interesting that they so didn't I. just throw him out there with the ones. So we can, we can unpack that in a second. Only guy that was not out there today was Deron Payne has a minor toe issue. They're keeping him out for precautionary reasons. If anything is, is not a hundred percent right at this point in the year with one of your key guys, standard operating procedure, nothing yeah. to freak out about. If he's still not practicing in a week, let's get worried. Yep. Um, other than that, um, let's start off with the quarterbacks. Yeah. I thought Hal was all over the place today. And I was talking to, to Sam Fortier on the sideline about this. And he's like, I don't know. I thought he had a couple of really good throws. I'm like, he did. He did. He has a couple of really nice throws. He shows you the potential. He flashes a couple of times. But to me, Logan, what I think today was, was a really, really healthy reality check, which is to say he is a guy with so much potential that I think could be really good. And, I, and my opinion hasn't changed on what he is or isn't going to be this season. Um, but it's a good reminder for the, the fans that just see the potential and think about all positive, everything burgundy and gold colored glasses, that he's got a long way to go. That it's not about how good you can be. It's about how consistently you produce a, a positive result. And from overthrows to you know missing guys to whatever, like he had stuff today that looked like a guy that hasn't played a ton of football because that's who he is. It's going to get better. Um, and he's got a lot of talent and he's got great coaching around him and, and all that stuff is going to help. Um, and it is also a reminder, I think that Eric Bieniemy's play calling and, and you know, making his job easy is an essential part of success this season. But I think, I think what you saw today was a very uneven day from Sam Howe where you saw some of the excellent stuff that, that makes him special, being able to fit balls in good ball placement at times, good rhythm and some other downs where you're just kind of going like, what the hell was that? Because what else do you expect this time of year? I mean, he had some misses, but I think overall, like I was generally kind of positive on the day, I would say, you know, like it's, again, it's kind of in the same way that it's the first day, you know, 100%. For, him, for him to be making some throws that you feel pretty good about. And obviously there was some kind of odd misses, but I didn't feel like he was late, too late with anything. I didn't feel like he was too early with anything. I felt like his timing was pretty good. And, you know, there's a couple things here and there, but, um, you know, he made a really nice throw to Antonio Gibson in seven on seven, kind of, yep. you know, dropping in the bucket. Felt good about that. And like just generally timing, small window throws, all that kind of stuff felt really sharp. So uh, on the whole, I've, uh, you know, again, it's the first day, but, you know, it's like a C plus kind of day for him. And I think that's fine. And um, hopefully he continues to get better. And I think he will. Um, I think the offense will continue to get better. And, you know, it's so weird talking about one day of practice, but it's it's the first day. So there were some mistakes. There were some good things. You can tell guys are kind of finding their legs a little bit, and mm -hmm. that's just going to get better as you go. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's true. Um, there was there was one play in particular that I was curious to ask you about. Um, Terry had a completion uh, where he runs an in and out route uh, on Forbes. Yeah. And the only reason I had noted it in my was notes was completed? it was, it was, tell, yeah. um, and it was a really good route. I mean, Forbes, Forbes was an interesting one to watch today. Uh, Kyle and I were talking about this on the side where, you know, he shows his recovery speed a lot, but like 
do you want to always be recovering and not in the NFL, not, not at this level. So it's going to be something where he's going to have to learn to pick and choose his spots of where he can gamble and not, and you know, it's day one again, but he, um, Forbes jumps a little bit on it. Terry puts, runs a really nice, what looks to me like a really nice route, uh, coming in, gets Forbes to bite down on it, then comes back out, makes a tough contest, contested catch. And as he's jogging back to the sideline, the enemy calls him over. And I was just curious from watching the rep and, and with your level of expertise, if you have any idea what Eric could have been bringing him over about. Yeah, he brought Forbes over, you're saying? Yeah, you know, he brought Terry over. Mm. Yeah, so on that route, I thought Terry beat him too bad off the line of scrimmage, honestly. Like he beat him. It was a really – so basically like it, it's like what you'd call like a Venus in Kyle's offense. I don't even know if Kyle still calls it that. But basically it's like a now route. So it's like a one-step slant and in. And then you're returning out. So everybody in the NFL runs a version of this route. They yeah. just call it something different. And Peyton so Manning, you, famously in uh, one of his Peyton's places shows, they call it the burger route because it was in and out. In and out, sure. Yeah. Cute. And and so like basically on that route, like anytime you run a double move for all those kids at home, you don't want to beat them too bad on the first one that you can't get back out of it. And so like basically Terry does like a nice little double stick, you know, steps. Smoked him. Steps left, right, gets Forbes off the spot really nice, then uh, beats his inside hand, runs in hard. And I'm like, if you had the slant here, this is a touchdown. Like, that's how clean the win was, right? And so that is too clean of a win on that. You kind of want a messy win, and then you can shed them off late. And then you want to you want to kind of preserve the the out of that is what I would say. Like, and again, I don't know what EB's coaching him on. Yeah. But if I was well, that, coaching, that's what I would, that's what, if I had to guess something, that's what I would have guessed. Yeah. And again, like we don't know. And like it could be like, hey man, like nice job or whatever he's saying. But I would say, like, anytime you're running a double move, you don't want to win too bad right away. And Terry beat him pr- very, very cleanly. And so I think that's what I would just say. I say, hey, Terry, man, like, you know, push up a little bit more, take your time, let him feel like he's got you. So when you separate back out, that throwing one is a little bit better. And it's not this kind of, it was talk about a nice throw by Sam. Holy cow, that was a perfect ball yeah. by Sam. So, you know, like there's throw like that, which is like literally tight, very tight window very far throw only where Terry can get it. Cause on the retread Forbes is actually in a pretty good spot to like break the ball up, you know, but um, Terry does a great job catching the football. Cause I, I cause I'm watching it, rewatching on the film and I did catch that, but you were right there. So, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, I'd say that if I was one coaching point, that's what it would be just hey, a little bit messier on the, on the release there. Yeah. But that's like the kind of detail that, you know, does that get cleaned up in years past and you know, what kind of caliber of coaching are are these guys getting and, you know, Hey, good job result. Fine. But like you mentioned, like it took a perfect throw from Sam. It took this outstretched diving catch from Terry to be in a place where only he could get it away from Forbes, where if he runs the better version of the route, doesn't win so decisively on the, on the first of the double move and instead wins decisively on a second, can Sam put it somewhere where he can catch it standing up and get a run up the sideline, get an, maybe even a first down as he's stiff arming a guy like Forbes for seven, eight yards getting pushed out of bounds. So like those are the details that help you win. And, um, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, it's just something that I'm not used to, like, you know, the offensive coordinator taking the time while he's running the next play to call the star wide receiver over and give him some extra points right then. And there, that doesn't mean that they wouldn't necessarily be brought up in the past by a guy like Scott in a meeting room, but it's just, it's just a noticeable difference. And, you know, there's only so much to talk about after one day of practice. Well, yeah, I think that's the other thing is, you know, obviously like I'm, I'm, I'm an OC now in high school. And one of the things like I remember now that I'm in it, you kind of see the value of doing stuff like that. Like, cause Kyle was, was very methodical about that. Hey man, no, like do it like this. Hey, we got to be here. Here's the timing. And like, 
it's a testament to his genius to be able to hold the plays that he's calling, get the corrections called and do the next thing. So I think that that is, it's, it's important, man, because the more times you get it as a player, the easier it is for you to make it kind of second nature. Right. So like there was a, a play later where they're running four verticals. And I kind of thought to myself, man, if, if the guy who's number three here is a little bit wider, like that's probably a touchdown and, and, you know, you don't see it on the field. So that's where the meetings are for. Right. And I, you know, I'm just assuming that's the correction they want to make, but, um, but that kind of stuff is so, so important. It's so valuable because it's really the devil's in the details. I think we've talked about this before on the show. It's not like, there's no like magic bullet, you know, like there's, if you watch Andy Reid's office, if you watch Kansas City, if you watch Kyle, they do a good job of scheming you up and winning with the pen. But also there's a certain level of detail to like just basic stuff that puts you in a better position to be successful. So I think that's what you're seeing here. And like, that's kind of what you're alluding to there with the EB thing. So I'm super excited. Uh, you know, early, it's early. They didn't do anything crazy offensively today. There's nothing crazy defensively, but um, it's just, it. that is how you win football games is the detail, right? Because you know, week seven, when they run that route and Terry's open by 10 yards and gets a big completion and is able to run for a 30 yard gain in a two minute situation, like that wins your football games. And the more times as a coach, you can get that address, the more likely the corrections made. Tag this podcast. We'll, ins- we'll, we'll insert this part in that, in that <laughs> podcast in our film breakdown. Uh, so defensively, I mean, I think to me, the most important thing on the day, well, there's two most important things. Um, one is Jamin. We'll circle back to him in a second. Yeah, two yeah. is, which is just like, okay, where is he? How does it, how does that develop something to keep an eye on that maybe we didn't have a pin in before, but I loved seeing chase out there. Sans knee brace, explosive, yeah. decisive. I thought he had a good day from what I, you know, again, you're trying to watch so much at once. Yeah. So for all I know, I watched three good reps and he actually stunk the rest of practice. But yeah. when I was, when I was watching him in some of the team periods, I felt like he was more explosive certainly than last year. Um, and he played with like an urgency and, you know, didn't stutter step. He, he just, he just went mm-hmm. and you'd see him bend and dip around the outside, good hand, you know, work and, and, and punch and tackles out of the way. It's hard to know just how effective it is because there's no pads, but I, I think what you're looking for in these first couple of days without pads, specifically from Chase Young, is is there any hesitancy? And the answer was no, and I think that was great to see. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, you know, I thought he had a good day. I, I think you know, if someone deserves credit, Charles Leno deserves some credit. I thought Leno came out with like a good, just look good. Leno looked good, very sharp, and you know, like in like you said, in these periods, it's really hard to tell like who's winning exactly because like there's one where Chase kind of gets a late win, balls out. It's like is that that's probably that looks like he might be credit like. Trace might be asking for a sack, but I think the ball, you know what I'm saying? So it's tough to see like where he's at, but in terms of movement stuff, I thought it was good. I just, I just want him to be as polished, you know, as like a guy like Montez was today. Like Montez, like looks like he's improved. He's added some stuff to his repertoire. He had a very good understanding of what it took to beat Wiley today. And I think that that is something that I'm just kind of waiting for Chase to kind of get into. Right. And you know, it's the first day of practice. So like he's got three weeks to kind of figure all that stuff out. Um, but you know, like John Allen, like doesn't miss a beat. looks like the same guy get beats, beat some guys on a couple inside moves. That's great. You know? And so like, that's kind of, I think it's because everybody else in the group, F.A. Obata, great job rushing from the three technique today. All those guys look so good. It's like Chase is still look it's not physically. He's fine. It's the technical element that you're kind of saying, all right, when's that going to kind of turn the corner? And I think he's perfectly capable of it. Like I've got all the confidence in the world in Chase, 
but um you know i'm still kind of waiting to see that i guess yeah it's it's one box you can tick at a time though uh, and i guess you could tick, tick them both he could come out and be technically great and move great yeah. but i'm at least i'm happy he at least got one because he did not even when he played last year like he wasn't quite as explosive and and decisive as and to and, he had been and to kind of follow up on that like you you mentioned like there's times where he's just running around like being physically freaky you know and i think that mm -hmm. gets him eight to 12 sacks. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's not there, this is a good outcome if he's physically ready to go, I guess is what I'm saying. So there's no reason yeah. to be like, Oh God, Chase is imperfect. It's like physically had some reps against Leno who, like I said, I thought had a very good day. And you're like, man, that's, that's almost winning football right there. So uh, he did a good job. You know, like I'm just saying like one of my things I'm looking for, for the rest of the training camp, but good, good day yeah. for him. I think, uh, Logan Thomas, by the way, also, uh, yep. no knee brace today. So good to see both those guys back. Uh, feeling like themselves are as, as good as they can and not feeling like they need that brace uh, to support. All right, last but not least on the, the practice front today, what do we make of the fact that Jamin Davis was with the twos most of the day? They rotated a little bit, so I think he did at some point, depending on packages and stuff, get some reps with the ones. But it started as you know Coney, Cody Barton and Khalid Hudson, and then they were playing exclusively with either a Buffalo or a, another nickel player. Rashad yeah. Wild Goose got some snaps. Cam Crow got the snap, some snaps in the Buffalo nickel. Obviously, sure. the twos got out there Quan martin was in that spot um so what do you what do you make of that um i don't know honestly like you know because cam came back and he's back in his normal spot and cam and jamin aren't necessarily the same guy i think it's the first day i think they're probably trying to see what it is and i think i, I kind of get a feeling again i haven't talked to anybody about this i get a feeling just in how they've handled jamin in the past that they feel like they need to give Jamin like a little bit of a prod, you know, they can be really hard with him. And I think this might be a way just to be like, Hey man, like nothing, nothing is for sure. And like we've talked about, Klee Hudson had a very good spring. So like you got to earn it back. And I think Jamin looked, he did some stuff that he did really good today. And I think that's good. It's just about continuing to build in that. And I think by the end of this week, you'll probably see him getting more reps with the ones and probably by the end of camp, he'll be getting, even more reps, if not all the reps with the ones. So I think it'll take some time, but I just feel like that's kind of how they've handled him. You know, they've been a little bit ag aggressive. Is that the right word? I don't know if that's the right word or not. Like a little bit harsh. Like, you know, like- yeah, you, I think harsh is like, the, the right word, yeah. You, you know, you you kind of, there's certain guys that respond well to hard coaching. And I kind of feel like they see Jamin in that way. And that's what this to me falls in that category, in my in my opinion. To me that I mean, I criticized them for how they handled Jamin last year. And then I look like an idiot because he was awesome. Um, but, you know, so yeah. my two cents, take it for what it's worth. I think I would be valuing the cohesion with Cody Barton if I think that's going to be my starting linebacking core. I think I would I would value getting Jamin those reps and not worry about his motivation at this point. Yeah. They know more than I do. Um, they know where he's at. There's also an element of like letting him get up to speed, um, which yeah. he was asked about today and said like, yeah, I'm just trying to get up to speed. Um, and the speed of the twos is going to be a little bit slower than the speed of the ones. And sure. so if he can operate with the twos, get some reps in there, but I, I, then, then, and that helps him, you know, long-term fine. I think the other thing that was interesting was he was playing will with the twos because he was out there with Mayo yeah. and I kind of anticipated him being the starting middle linebacker for this team. So I am yep. very curious to see how that, you know, goes over the next couple of days. Um, they have options. They like obviously with Barton and, and Mayo is always the kind of their fail safe. But, um, I, I certainly expected Jamin after what he did in games in this defense last year as the Mike linebacker 
to continue in that role and to see him not out there with the ones I hope is just a, an end to the process of his rehab and not some other game that's being played about a guy who's a first round pick. Like he's got to be great for them. He was a first round pick. That's why you take first round picks. And And if not, I think it speaks poorly of them. Not, not like that's it. That sign seal delivered fate, but like, that definitively goes in the negative category. If Jamie Davis is a rotational backup by year three after being a first rounder. Yeah. And I don't want to like, we should pump the brakes. It's the first day. You yeah. Know, like we're doing a lot yeah, of yeah. speculation. Like well, we, we can revisit this. I think revisit that kind of line of thinking. Yeah. I think in a why, I, why I said if, yeah, but I think the, um, but I think that if, in, in my opinion, like in, o- in mini camp and OTAs, they kind of move pieces around, especially in the mm-hmm. back end. You know, you get Quan playing different spots, you get, you know, St. Juice playing different spots. You get Forbes at the nickel and everyone goes, oh, God, like, what are they doing? What's happening? But it's like you need, like, more longitudinal data, right? So for today, that's something to, to make note of. And, you know, if you tune into this podcast, we'll update you on that. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow or two days from now he's playing Mike. And Mayo's, you know, I mean, they're going to move those pieces around because ultimately you want to get your best guys on the field. And, you know, Kalik's done a great job. He did a great job in OTAs. He did a great job in the last game of the season against the uh, against the Cowboys. Uh, they're going to the, – if they can find a way to get the best couple guys on the field, I think they're going to try and do that. So, Yeah, definitely. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball has been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman here, Logan Paulson there. If you like what you are listening or watching so far, go ahead and hit that like button if you haven't right now. Subscribe as well or follow if you're listening on Spotify. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll keep giving you this, this content all training camp long. And then we're back to our three times a week schedule during the regular season. So that's still coming down the pike for you to look forward to. Or for those of you that found uh, us in the off season, surprise, we do three pods a week during the season. Uh, so extra, <laughs> extra podcasting coming. Also making its debut this week for us will be our, I guess we're calling it like our bonus segment uh, that'll come on the in-between days of the podcast. So a little five minute extra bonus, uh, uh, some extra take command uh, that that'll hit your feed. So if you're, if you're not subscribed, uh, you're not going to get that. So that's why you should subscribe. Okay. Uh, let's, let's take the final 25 minutes or so on this podcast, Logan, and just kind of look ahead for each position training camp, uh, two, three minutes per position, uh, get, gets us home. Some we've obviously talked about a lot more, but what are we looking at between now and the season at each of these position groups? Start with the big one, 
start with quarterback. How do we actually fairly judge quarterback play in training camp for Sam Howell, for Jacoby Brissett, and any benchmarks that you have along the way? Yeah, well, I think, you know, like last year, one of the things that really stuck out to me about Carson in training camp was just kind of how how deliberate the process was, how long everything took, you know, how kind of few and far between like completing the football was and the completions were great, but it, it was kind of a, you know, use, use the phrase canary in the coal mine all the time, or we use it all the time. That was a canary in the coal mine for me. It just didn't yeah, feel, the canary died. it didn't feel right in training camp and OTAs because the timing was weird. The completion percentage was weird. And that's something I'm kind of tempted to do is to like track all the completions because it's so easy to come out of practice and be like, oh, he missed this throw. He missed that throw. But I remember in OTAs, I tracked two days of practice and I was like, man, he's completing like 75% of his balls. You know what I mean? And so like, even though like, like your gut is like something weird is happening, like he's completing the football a lot. He's on time. He's making some misses. And I think if he can continue to do that against the defense that knows him really well, and then against Baltimore, an opposing defense, honestly, I think you feel pretty good about him coming into week one and what EB's kind of laid the foundation for. So that's kind of my barometer there is just quarterback efficiency, quarterback timing. And then like really that completion percentage is super important to me, you know, just being efficient and fastidious with the football. And that is EB. And that's also, you know, kind of how he's utilizing and coaching, but it's also kind of shows a maturation of Sam. So I think that's kind of what I'm looking for from the quarterback spot. Yeah, I think it's, there's something about a practice setting where every incompletion feels monumental, um, where it's just like you expect a completion on every down. And then when it doesn't happen and the defense you know celebrates and the whole thing, as opposed to just being like, okay, back to the huddle, second down, you, there's like, wow, okay, file that away. And, yeah. and it, so it, there's this, this skewing that happens mentally that when you go back and track it and actually look at it, doesn't actually parlay into realistic uh expectations uh or, or fit what you would would ever actually evaluate on so i think that's a really good point about the completion percentage i think in terms of a benchmark along the way i want to know whether this competition is open or whether it is mm. closed by the time the joint practices are going right has sam done enough to be like he gets every rep against baltimore with the ones or is Baltimore joint practice where you're deciding who your starting quarterback is? And if it's open by then, then I think Jacoby is going to probably win the job. And if Sam has done enough to shut the door by then, then obviously it's him. Um, but we're going to see against those it, by the time we get to those joint practices where we're at. Um, and to me, that's the the most significant thing. I'd anticipate how winning the job, um, just to be very, very clear. But if all of a sudden things don't go well for how very up and down and then Brissett's awesome between now and then, I think you use those joint practices to, to figure out who your starting quarterback is. I mean, also to that point, though, if he comes in and looks terrible in the joint practice, like the doors probably open after that. You know what I mean? Like if he looks amazing sure. and for that three or two day, two day period of practice, it's terrible. Like coaches are funny like that, you know, like it's like, well, maybe we're not he's not where we thought he was at. So. I think that's something everyone should have circled on their calendar with regards to the quarterback position. It's just, hey, like, how does that go? And he could be doing really well and do bad in that. He could also be doing really bad and do really good in that. And it could kind of flip either way. So I think that's going to be a really big event kind of to your point. So for sure. All right. Running back. Um, to me, this is a pretty straightforward position for them. There's not a lot to talk about. I do think it was interesting. Antonio Gibson spoke today uh, post-practice to the, the collective media at the podium said he envisions a bit of a third down back role said he's really excited about 
watching Kansas City, not just what they do with the running backs, what they do with everybody. Yeah. So I anticipate Gibson's a guy that's going to get a lot of usage. Uh, but then you've got, obviously, Robinson and Rodriguez, the bruisers that are going to do a lot of the traditional running. Um, I don't know how much you evaluate that stuff during camp. Uh, For, but yeah. that's, I, I just I kind of think that position's set. For me, it's just like utilization. It's just like, hey, like, are they going to use them in the passing game? How are they going to use them? Is it going to be kind of as a pseudo wide receiver? Because that's not really what they did in Kansas City. You know, it's like a lot of stuff from the backfield, watching Kansas City film now, a lot of stuff from the backfield, pick routes, you know. And um, we saw Brian Robinson catch a beautiful ball over the shoulder today. Um, And we saw uh, Gibson do the same thing. So we've got backs who are good football players, good athletes, and I think are kind of what EB is looking for. So I think to your point, like they're both good football players. To me, it's just about utilization. And I think with Chris uh, Rodriguez, it's going to be interesting to see, like, can he kind of find a home on special teams? Because you're not going to keep that guy on the 53, you know, when you've got potentially four tight ends on the roster or potentially an extra offensive lineman, or, you know, maybe you need to keep an extra safety because of the Buffalo nickel role. So, that's something I think to keep an eye on. I don't think he's for sure going to be on the 53. Um, but Ooh, you don't I think so? I mean, Jonathan I mean, Williams, I Patterson, I, I, I think I think he's got to earn that spot is what I'm going to okay, say. Okay, yeah, I think they're keeping three. Yeah, not but I'm four, saying. But yes. you're saying you're not guaranteeing that he's the third. Correct. Yes. Interesting, because you're right. Williams especially has a ton of special teams experience right. in the NFL and has done it well. Um, Patterson, not as much. So I think he still finds it. I, I think, you know, you don't draft a guy. What was he, fifth? Um, fifth so, I mean, but like that's not, again, it's, it's not, not a unheard of. It's not and unheard like, of. With, with, larger, I would be, with larger practice squad things, like, I'm just saying, like, in terms of things, we're looking for things to watch, utilization, and then third running yeah, back competition no, sure. is kind of what I'm saying. I do. I'm glad you brought up the Robinson thing that I had forgotten about that. Like his usage in the passing game, first play of the game or first play of the the, the team period yeah. today. Uh, maybe it was seven on seven. No, it was. I think it was eleven on eleven I don't, I don't on uh, offensive eleven. Like not not team, but like they're out there with you know a mix of backups and coaches playing as defense. But they ran a screen, right? Yeah. And like knowing that Robinson is going to catch a lot of balls this year by design and then just you know how they how they use him as a check down obviously is is kind of standard but that there's going to be real design stuff for him as a as a pass catcher i think is very different than what we thought a year ago when it's like this guy's a bruising running back who's going to run between the tackles and you realize right. he's a lot more than that yeah. i think the utilization piece is obviously the the other biggest thing at wide receiver how much do they move around terry yeah. Jahan, and curtis and then you know i think diami's pretty locked in at four and then we'll way. see who who wins the fifth spot. That's going to be really tough to tell because it's going to be a, a large part of special teams decision. Um, but that that to me is uh, the utilization piece is the biggest question at wide receiver. Yeah, utilization, and I not even really for Terry and Jahan for me because I know they're going to find ways to get those guys touches. It's more like Curtis. Like, where does he fit in the whole big picture of this offense as the third guy? Because I think he's really competing also, kind of with you know the second and third tight ends and like when you look at Kansas city, they're not opposed to kind of throwing three tight ends out there. Here's two tight ends. And, you know, so it's, it's a, or here's an extra back. We're going to be in 20, uh, 21 personnel. Like, so he's got to, I think, kind of show that he adds value um, in a unique way, which I think he will, but that's another thing is kind of that, you know, third, the, the Gibson um, Curtis, you know, maybe Cole Turner, Curtis Hodges, that kind of group, who kind of separates themselves. And I think they all three kind of get some stuff, but I think the volume of stuff that they get 
is something just to kind of keep an eye on as we go through training camp. Yeah. I mean, I still am interested. Like Terry hasn't lined up in the slot a lot in his career. Um, And I think that's going to happen a lot more because I think what they will do is take some of the stuff they had for Travis Kelsey and and not all of it translates because some of it's like, you know, we're getting Kelsey on a match on a linebacker because he's a tight end. But some of that stuff is like they found ways to scheme him open, even though he's the best player in the defense theoretically is focused on him. I think there's going to be some of that stuff they try to do with Terry and the way they use him in bunches and stacks and, and you know, all those different kinds of alignment tricks that the enemy has up his sleeve, I think, is something that we'll start to see a little bit during camp. Um, like if he's starting to bust wide open all the time in training camp, I think that's great. If he's not, I don't I'm not worried because they might be saving some of that for the season. Yeah. Um, but that that to me is the uh kind of the, the usage piece that I am intrigued sure. with. Um, even if it's not like a major they're gonna fail, uh, you know, type of question. All right, tight end, obviously, Logan is is the number one. Bates kind of has his role. And then you got the two young guys competing out. Any anything other than just the general competition, and I guess it kind of you kind of just touched on it too. Do they keep three? Do they keep four? Yeah. And who who is that fourth tight end actually competing with for a roster spot? Yeah, you know, and I think uh, it's so funny. Both those young guys flash, but they also flash kind of their inexperience a little bit at times. Like Curtis today had an excellent route, like on a seam where he kind of widens, double sticks. The DB gets really wide and there's a perfect ball to the seam and he just can't quite pull the ball in. And you're like, ah, like to make like everything about that is A plus excellent, but we got to finish the play. You know what I mean? And if you're going to make the varsity, you're going to make the 53, you got to be making those plays consistently enough where the coordinator's like, I trust that he's going to be that guy. So again, first day, you know, but I mean, that's something from those young guys. I just want to see a certain level of consistency. Like even Cole actually during OTAs and mini camp and even today, like a little bit, like not a lot, but a little bit more drop prone than he was last year at this time. So kind of coming into that, I really think Logan is, looks ready to go man like he had an excellent catch today in two minute where he kind of dove for the football it was a really really tough catch made a great play he's feeling zones well you can tell he understands kind of how to pick on certain concepts how to create space and i feel like he's just super dialed in from a route running standpoint they haven't run the ball out yet but i think that's what you got Bates for so um i i i'm very confident in logan i think Bates. they'll find a way to use that skill set i think he catches Bates catches the ball well too Although he did have a drop today that led to a pick, not really his fault, kind of a PI situation. But to me, it's the consistency from those two young guys because that is going to be huge. Like if they can develop the way I think they can develop, just based on their physical traits, like they should be on the field more. But they got to be consistent enough to get that done. So, um, also did not have this one on the bingo card. John Bates forced the first fumble of training camp uh, as he ran into one of his wide receiver teammates who had the ball and it popped out on the first was- play of. Uh, or one of the first plays. No, of, I of thought the ball was thrown to him and it got tipped up, right? Off of his hands yeah, or was, there was I... one of There was one of those too, but like uh-huh. there was a play, I think it was literally the first play. Maybe they were still in seven on seven even. Oh, there was okay. like literally, I think the first play that reds versus whites was happening. And, uh, and ball, came out. The ball over the middle uh, defender, I think shoves Bates into the receiver. And, you know, the play is mostly dead at that point. Right. The receiver had gone down, but like, uh, and, and the intensity was not ratcheted all the way up. The focus was not all the way up, but Bates wound up running into the receiver and the ball just like squirted out. And uh, I was like, oh, didn't have that one on the bingo card. John right. Bates, first force fumble at training camp. All right, last thing for the offense, and we'll flip sides of the field in terms of what we're looking for in training camp is the biggest question, and that yeah. is the offensive line. Um, I mean, 
left guard is the big one, Sadiq versus Chris Paul. Yep. Um, but also, I think how they, how quickly can they make that decision and and gel as a five man unit? Yeah. I think that is a major question. Yeah, it's a major question for me. Um, you know, Cosme, I thought had a pretty good day today. I think he had one one miss, but you know, out of fifty plays, that's probably okay, or whatever. It was twenty two team plays, so yeah, it's probably okay. Uh, Wiley and Montez, uh, Montez kind of got the better of that today. That's something I really want to see because I think Wiley's a, a good football player. It's just like, can he handle elite pass rushers? And he's going to get an opportunity to show that over the course of the next couple of days, right? Whether he's up to the task, you know, obviously Super Bowl, great performance by him. He can do it, but obviously in the context of EB helping him out. So that's something I'm going to keep an eye on. Cosby moving to guard. Nick Gates did a good job today. Let, uh, you know, Sadiq probably rough day today, you know, and he's going against John Allen. He's going against FA. He's going against guys with some real pass rush juice at three technique. Um, you know, pain when pain's in there, he's going to be going against that too. So he's going to get a little bit of a baptism by fire. I thought he had a nice OTA period, but a um, little inconsistent today. And again, the big question mark, Leno looked great today um, for all fans. Like, so, you know, I th- I'd say three of the four guys had really, three of the five guys had really good days today. Really, really good. Um, and then, you know, two guys can get are going to get it better tomorrow. And that's, that's totally fine. It's first day of practice. So. Yeah, and the two guys were going against primarily John Allen and Montez Sweat. Correct. Like, yeah. Good luck having a good day. Um, but eventually, like you do need to have, you do need to do it because, yeah. like, you don't yeah. get to not play on the days or be like, ah, that was really hard on the days where you face someone who's really good. And when you got, you know, the guys on on the D lines in this division, you think of the guys in New York, the guys yeah. in Philly. Um, you know, I guess what how I'm they saying. move around the guys in Dallas, like. It, yeah. It's it's I'm not worried and yeah. because of one day I'm worried because these guys are inexperienced and haven't proven anything. But I'm not more worried today than I was yesterday. Right. But it, you know, at some point, you do need to have better days. And and if it's just every day for the next two weeks, it's like, yeah, he didn't have a very good day. But what are you going to do? He's facing John Allen. It, it it's the NFL. There's sure. guys. There's not a lot of guys as good as John Allen. But there are some, and the guys that are worse aren't that much worse. So you right. gotta you gotta just eventually have some better days. But I think Sadiq has shown he can be a little streaky like that, and tomorrow he mm-hmm. might come back and look like a baller, which is very Sadiqish. And again, talk about a guy who'd be nice if he was a little bit more consistent. The Wiley thing, I'm not that worried about um, because he's a pro; he knows what it takes. Like he'll totally. figure it out. And you know, it's the first time he's really getting like he's seeing Montez a lot. Like Montez came for like two days of mini camp, and like they didn't really practice, so you know, there's a, there's a learning curve there as well. So I'm not that worried about it. Um, but I, it, it is something that I'm, I'm watching, you know, so every time we talk about this, I'm going to be like, Hey, so-and-so had this happen. Right. And it's more just kind of saying like where that group is at. And I also want to make it very clear that I do think that EB can really elevate that group. So yeah. I, again, like it's, even though, even though we've talked about our concerns, I also think you're going get, to get a little bump because of the play calling. So we'll see first day, but that's, that's, that's a group I'm definitely going to be watching very closely. Take a man podcast from Odyssey sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. Let's move to the defensive side. Now training camp preview. 
Uh, we talked about linebacker a little bit already earlier in the show, but let's let's dive in a little bit deeper on D line and the D backs. So defensive line, uh, one you got to get Deron Payne back had a minor yeah. toe issue. Okay, cool. Uh, but I, I also think one of the things is we were just talking about the O line that benefits this defensive line is it's a bunch of guys that have played together. There's yeah. continuity, and and today, like I don't know, I felt like the defense won the day overall. Again. It's first day. It is what it yeah. is. Typically, defense is ahead of offense. But typically, maybe more typical than that is the unit that has continuity is going to beat the unit that doesn't on day one because Correct. it's just hey, we're we're back on the bike. Uh, we're back. We're back in together, and and we're ready to to get going. And the unit that doesn't have that experience is figuring things out. So for this D line unit, I mean, I'm get out of camp healthy. I don't I don't have a lot that I'm really looking for here beyond yeah. that. To me, it's the depth pieces, you know, it's, it's chase, you know, how chase progresses over sure. the next couple of days. Big Phil looked good today. Ridgeway looked good today. I mean, shoot, name it. FA had a great day today, you know, rushing from the three technique spot, which is great to see. So, you know, Casey James had their ups and downs, but I'd say on the whole plus days for them. So it's really the depth for me in that group. And like, are they healthy? Cause like, it's, it's, it's gotta be one of the best positions in football. Quite honest. I mean, like, I can't think of a, a one that's got, the starters up top, the depth pieces with the experience that they have, and kind of the youth combined with the experience. It's just a really cool group. And so talk about, you know, kind of being the backbone of your team. Like if, as long as they come out with all 10 fingers and all 10 toes, I don't think there's that much to be worried about. No. And like the worries are, can some of the question marks elevate them from good to great or yeah. even excellent to like, best in the league yeah. you know if chase is more than just a streaky player and he's excellent week in and week out yeah. this unit's gross if phil mathis comes in and provides incredible run support and you know or is a true option to to give john and duran a rest without too much of a drop off like that becomes a massive weapon yeah. kj henry provides some pass rush juice as a rookie like mm -hmm. all of a sudden you are elevating this very 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 good group on the basis of solid play from some of those depth pieces and then really, really good play from Payne Allen and sweat mm -hmm. to maybe the best in football, yeah. um, you know, like lines like San Francisco and, and there's some, you know, Philly certainly have some stuff to say about like, who's the best top to bottom. But like, right. if those questions are answered in the affirmative, I wouldn't put anybody above this group. I feel the same way. And also want to say this, this is goes back to the offensive line a little bit. So sorry to retread, but also they don't have pads on. So the defensive yes. line should look really good. And the offensive line should look like they're not that good. Like they should be struggling because it's just hard. Like you rely so much as a pass protector and as a run blocker on those shoulder pads um, to kind of as a surface area for contact. So it makes a little bit of sense. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you. If Chase turns the corner, if Montez, like I felt like he looked super sharp today, looked really, really dialed in. Like he's poised, I think, for a big, big year, contract year. Keep an eye out on him. And then the, like, just look, they have a guy who can stop the run in Ridgeway, who's one of, I, I think it could be one of the best in the league, like after his performance last year, in terms of that skill set. Big Phil looked like he's moving around well. Again, F.A., man, like, holy cow, looked great today. And then James and Casey, like, you have two starting players as your backup guys. Like, that, that group is, again, like, we can't say enough good things about them. Get out healthy, develop a little bit, and watch out. 
linebacker. Uh, I think watching Barton is going to be super interesting yeah. uh, as we get going here. Like, how good can he be? Um, obviously, then it's it's kind of the same question for all of them. You know, Kalik, can he be good? I don't know. Dallas game he was. Uh, but what about consistency? And then, obviously, Jamin coming on. We talked about that earlier. Anything else to really add at that, that linebacker spot? Yeah, I think those are the, that's the big one is Jamin and Kalik for me, right? Cody, obviously, because we don't know him that well. But, like, what does that room look like week one? Because right now I'm a little surprised at how it's been organized. A little surprised, you know, but also like who is, I guess this kind of goes with safety, but who's the Buffalo nickel? Who's the, like that kind of, I guess, falls under linebacker to a certain extent. Cause I, I I'm curious to see how that all ends up shaking out. So for sure. Uh, and, all right. So then you get to the secondary, which I thought was super interesting um, yeah. today. They mixed and matched quite a bit on, on the back end. Uh, the first full reps of team, it was Fuller and St. Juice on the outside. Forbes not on the field. They yeah. come back around for the second group of plays with the ones. Forbes is out there. St. Juice is not. Fuller seemed to be the consistent guy who was out there. That could change tomorrow. Um, but in terms of who got reps in the slot, who didn't, BSJ was back in the slot for some reps today. And then you have Cam Curl playing Buffalo Nickel. Rashad Wild Goose was the number one corner, like pure corner, who played in that nickel spot today, yeah. or whatever that's worth. Um, and then, and I think they really liked his spring, by the way, um, Rashad Wild Goose. No, so he's, he had, he's, he's, he had a good not spring. A, not a guy that we should like just assume isn't going to make the roster now that everyone's healthy. But then you do have Quan Martin floating in the background consistently in that that nickel spot with the twos. I can't tell what time he's playing a Buffalo role and what time he's just yeah. the nickel. Um, but he was, he was the inside slot guy for a lot of today. So that was kind of the run of play for today. I'm assuming we're watching that rotation carefully and then we'll, we'll see from there. That would be my, my, you know, what am I actually watching for binoculars out for training camp? Yeah. What, what are they doing? Forbes's development, how he goes against those uh, kind of receiving the receiving core of the commanders. Quan uh, Quan is a guy that I just want to know what they're going to do with him. Like, cause like you said, he's, he's like in the, he's a true slot sometimes by formation. He's technically, he's technically in the box, but I wouldn't classify him as a Buffalo nickel necessarily, but can he fill that role? Cam back. It was great to see him back. He looked great, looked healthy, looked dialed in. He, he was the recipient of one of those picks, I think. Uh, one of the, the tip ball picks. The tip ball, maybe, yeah. And, you know, blitzed well, good feet, had like a really crazy turn on a crossing route. I don't know how he got his feet quite right, but he did it. Great job by him. So, yeah, and then the young guys, like Percy and Forrest, like what is – like it, there's – it's a cool group to talk about because they've all kind of uber-talented athletes, you know, with a good physicality and edge to them. And then it's like – where do they all fit? Like, who's the odd man out? Who's in? Who's going to be playing a lot of football? Who's not? Because, like, you know, in spring, they had Forrest playing some Buffalo. You know what I mean? It's just it's like, what is going to – what's the rotation going to be? Who's going to settle in where? Because they've got a lot of pieces back there. And, like, in the spring, man, whole – we've talked about it a ton. They were awesome in the spring. Really excellent in the back end. So, um, can they continue that? And, um, like, where do the chips settle kind of thing? The, the one thing that I think is going to continue to stand out that I noticed it today for sure, and then Forrest talked about it when he was at the podium afterwards, is they just have a ton of speed in that back end, yeah. um, which is not what this team has been. I mean, there's been a couple of guys over the years, like when Monte Nicholson was here and had like five games of looking like he was awesome. Like that 4-3 speed he brought to to the safety position mattered. He could get sideline to sideline. But, you know, talk about Cam even, um, not a guy that you necessarily think of as a blazer, but like his anticipation plus his his above average speed lets him run 
across the field on a crossing route with Terry McLaurin at one point today. And I was like, who just ran with Terry? That was Cam? Oh, my yeah. God. And so you you see some of that is is raw speed. Some of that is anticipation. Some of that is communication. You know, hey, hey, he's coming across. He's coming across. And you can you can get a head start with good communication as, as you know, obviously offenses are trying to put you in conflict. And Forrest said it afterwards. You know, he's like, I don't really care where I play. I don't, you know, I don't care who's out there. But, you know, I think actually the question was about he and Cam. He's like, when Cam and I are out there, you got two guys that can run all over the place and make plays. And yeah. that is where this team has lacked so severely the last couple of years, even while they've been good and at times very good defensively. They have not created the turnovers that you want out of an elite defense. And I think with the addition of Forbes and the team speed that they have at the safety position, you can you can definitely get more of that and the physicality they bring for the safety position. You can get more of that this year, which will which will be good. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, and that's why it's such a fun group. I mean, there it's uniquely unique in terms of potential. So can't wait to see what they're gonna bring. Can't wait to watch more practice. You know, we'll have a better idea what's going on with them. Probably, what do you think? Probably five days when they put the pads on. I would think like that's kind of the next. Yeah, I, th I think that I think that they can't put them on for the first three. So uh, early next week should be should be pads. It might be four. I can't remember the rules. Yeah, someone cool. someone I'm sure watching knows. Someone listening knows. John Kime, if you're listening, you can leave a comment <laughs> on the YouTube. Uh, but but in the next couple, or of days, you just uh, text us, John, there. if you are listening, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, that would be. That'd be nice. But yeah, I, I think pads is the next big one. And then you kind of eventually you get to this point where you feel like you've been out there forever and there's no end in sight. And then you look at the calendar and you're four days from the first preseason game. And yep. that's kind of the next barometer. Yep. Then obviously you got the joint practices, Baltimore game, final practices, a training camp, things get real final preseason game, uh, 90 man roster cut. And then you kind of have this, I don't know, this, this really bizarre two week period between the season it's almost like a bye week last year i decided to go get married i won't do that again because i'm still happily married but i will celebrate my anniversary uh during during that time uh and and then it's here um so you go for it's just this this very i don't know if you felt that as a player i'm sure you felt it more intensely as a player actually than yeah. i did ever as a media member but like this first stretch of camp there's all this excitement to get out there and then there's just gets this point where you're like dear god can we see another uniform <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as a player, like you kind of feel like it's Groundhog Day and you just kind of get in this mode. Like I was talking to, like I did like an O-line seminar with Will Montgomery recently and mm -hmm. we had, it was late. It was like, it started at 6.30 and we watched kind of film and, you know, did football stuff to like nine. He's like, doesn't this feel like camp? And I was like, it does feel like camp. You just get in this groove of like, it's football 24-7. There's nothing else to think about, nothing else to talk about. And uh, eventually, like, like you said, you kind of perk your head up out of the hole and you're like, holy cow, we're like, four days away from something really important and really big in terms of establishing the roster and establishing a lot of guys futures. So it is a, it is a crazy time of year for, for, for players. And I think, you know, obviously for media members alike. For sure. Uh, all right. Coming up next week on the show, obviously continuing coverage of training camp. We'll get some more buddies on. It was good to see a lot of media folks out there today. Uh, I talked to a couple already that have agreed to come on. So uh, we'll, we'll have some guests covering commander's camp. Uh, we'll try to get you some interviews as well, working uh, with the PR staff on that. Hopefully we can get that organized. Uh, and then, as I said, we're going to do some bonus episodes as well in uh, kind of on the off days between the big episodes to so make sure that you're subscribed to us here at take command, wherever you watch or listen 
in order to get those episodes. Uh, that's it. And that's all for today. For Logan, I'm Craig, and we'll see you next time on Take Command.